Welcome to Classic 4x4, the podcast for and by classic four-wheel drive enthusiasts. I'm your host, Chris Piccone, and you can follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at Classic4x4 underscore trucks. Also, make sure you subscribe to the show on your podcast listening platform and check out our website at Classic4x4.com and make sure to reach out to us if we can help you sell your classic, custom, and modified truck or 4x4. So I wanted to build a Barbie Jeep that was super true Barbie, pink interior. I wanted to go wild on it, but I got shot down on it. So. But if somebody's out there who wants one, I will build it. I have no shame. Hello, Classic 4x4 Podcast listeners. It is official. We are halfway through season three. This season, as everyone knows, is dedicated to listener-requested guests and topics. And today's topic is actually a parlay off of a topic we did on episode four with our guest Drew Norman from Jeep Farm, where we talked about bespoke and custom Jeep Jeep builds. But I quickly realized that in that episode, and obviously not only what I know, but also what Drew knows is CJs, SJs, or I should say Jeep CJs, Jeep SJs from the Kaiser and AMC eras. One thing that's unique, and we actually alluded to on that episode, is the fact that YJs and TJs are actually technically classics now, which is absolutely mind-blowing because my first car was a YJ, as everybody knows. TJs came out like when I was in college. Man, there's nothing like making you feel old when the cars that were driving around your high school parking lot are now classics. But hey, that's neither here nor there. A listener actually requested this topic, which was to hear about YJs and TJs. And I said, who do I really know that knows YJs, knows TJs, knows LJs, JKs, JLs, and JTs is the guy that refuses to work on CJs and SJs and will only work on YJs, TJs, LJs, JKs, JLs, and JTs. And that is the one and the only Joe Fatterosi, my friend, who I've talked about a lot on the podcast before, dropped his name several times. And as many of he is one of the owners of Urban Jeep Outfitters in Avon-by-the-Sea, New Jersey, New Jersey, which is a town north of me. I could walk there. Uh, I actually pass his shop every single day on the way to my garage. But for those of you that don't follow Urban Jeep Outfitters on all the um, social channels, check them out. It's at Urban Jeep Outfitters. Uh, Also check out their website online, urbanjeepoutfitters.com. And uh, also follow Joe. His his handle on the social channels is at Joey Jeeps. But Joe, thanks for joining me today, man. That's all, man. So this is going to be a super fun episode because we've known each other for several years. We hang in the same circle of Jersey Shore truck and car guys. So I'm excited to talk to you today. And I gave you a little burn earlier about the guy that doesn't work on CJs and SJs because I'm always begging him to work on my stuff. And my stuff is... Nope. (laughs) Not doing it. (laughs) But you... You have built some really cool YJs, TJs, and even some more amazing JKs, JLs, and JTs. Your build quality, the the organization in your shop is absolutely amazing. I've been in it on multiple occasions, On actually on probably a monthly basis when I I pull up behind your back door and and say hello every once in a while. But I'm excited to, to talk today about not only Urban Jeep's history, a bunch of your builds, and some of the stuff that you guys do over there. But before we do, I want to make sure I give the credit where credit's due for today's episode. And that listener is Ryan Frechette. Ryan is from the great state of New Hampshire. And you can also follow him 
him on all the social channels at lucky to be lost. So Ryan, thank you for, for requesting this topic to talk about YJs and TJs today. But hey, Joe, what's good, man? And how you been? Good. You working on anything fun? Anything in the shop today that you were working on that was fun? <sighs> what was I doing? I was fixing a JK top from Bermuda that we got shipped in. The whole JK got shipped in and we're doing a full build on it. It's almost done. We're getting there and then that's being shipped back out. Put a new motor in it, new paint, everything, interior, lift, all that kind of stuff. So I had to do a few things that today I got dirty with fire roulette. Is this, and this client is in Bermuda, is based in Bermuda? Yeah, it lives in Bermuda. He's, there's one of these, one of the builders in Bermuda. I guess nobody builds sheeps in Bermuda. So that might be one of my retirement and go to Bermuda kind of thing, but <laughs> there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go there to have it completely redone. And we tried finding him a right-hand drive JL to do, and that was almost impossible. That was pretty hard to find. So he was like, eh, I'm just going to ship mine over to you and you just do it. I was like, all right, cool. And like three days later, it showed up. I thought we were going to wait. I was going to wait like two months for it. And it was like three days later, it was at the door. What do you do? Just put it in a shipping container and like it just right through Port Nork? Yeah, they do like a, a loop. They'll go from Nork, they go to South Carolina, they go to Florida, and then they hit Bermuda on the way back. And then from Bermuda, it's only probably 20 hours to get here by boat. So it's really not that far. So two days later, the thing's there. And uh, yeah, we're doing a full thing on it. So that, that's pretty cool. And it's right-hand drive. It's just, I can, I, every time I go to get in the car, I go to the left-hand side. It's, I still can't figure it out. I love how you nonchalantly talk about engine swaps. Uh, we're just swapping like a 392 or a Hemi into it. What are you swapping into this one? It, he just wanted, we just went straight 3.6, just went right back to the 3.6. So the, his was really? knocking a little bit, is a little old. So we just put a new motor and freshened it up. And then, because I don't think ripping through Bermuda with a 392 two-door JK is like, they're a little bit strict over there with what they allow and all that kind of stuff. I have to keep the tires within the fenders and all that kind of stuff. So we just put it back. It wants to be reliable because if anything happens, you just got to send it back to me. Yeah. But now, yeah, we just did a 392 swap and a JL. That was pretty cool. And that's something we really want to, we're going to really start getting into. So there's a bunch of people who provide the swap package. There's a couple of them and there's one big one, which is AMW. And we're trying to be the only people in the Northeast who actually are certified through them. We got a couple things coming up, hopefully a gladiator 392 swap that we're going to make into a factory looking truck. Like it should have came from, jeep like that and then we'll go from there see what we can do that's super cool you have enough definitely have enough experience swapping those 392s and those hemis i feel every time i'm at your shop you're there is a the front end the front clip is taken off of a jl or a jt and and you guys are there's just a frame and there's a and a fully dressed 392 sitting next to it right on the dolly ready to be popped in so that's cool so talk to us about urban jeep what is the history i know it literally started out as a ma and pa body shop in downtown avon by the sea and and what's interesting is like our listeners, it's tough for them to... Which is a wild place to have a body shop, by the way. Exactly. And that's exactly what I was just about to say. It's tough for any of our listeners to really picture, like, Avon by the Sea is a this quaint little 
cute beach town in coastal New Jersey that the downtown, like the last thing you would ever think in a million years was on the downtown, was on the main drag was a body shop, let right. alone a custom Jeep builder. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, <laughs> there goes the, that's the problem of getting people through the door is you drive What is it? I think it's six blocks long by six blocks wide. It's nothing, but it's big money huge money place to live you ain't getting a house for under two million dollars in avon um so you would just think oh there's cute stores here and coffee shops and all that and then there's this place that has six jeeps parked out. <laughs> and they're just a, taking up parking and, and, you know. and they're just urban jeep outfitters yeah, just yeah. plopped right in the middle right. but that was like so you're like you're the third generation. It was your parents had it, right. which your parents are still very active. I see them there every day. They're every great day. people. I'm very fortunate to, to know them, but it was your, it was started by your grandfather. It was started by my dad and okay. his dad helped him. Okay. My grandfather wasn't like a car person, but he helped my dad out. And so they bought it in 1987 and in 1991, I believe he passed away from lung cancer. Him and my dad had it. My, my grandfather was the, he like helped fix things around the shop and he would change a light bulb and do this and do that. He wasn't the person who really worked on cars too much. That was my dad's passion really was the car stuff. So your grandfather ran the show, which is pretty much the role that your mom plays these days. He did. He would just, <laughs> my, I didn't, I was only three when he passed away so i didn't really know him but from what my he just putzed around that was his that was his deal we'd sweep up he'd we'd keep everything nice and organized he'd do this he'd do that and my dad he liked to fix cars and he's been fixing cars since he was 14 years old if you're ever at the shop he'll tell you his first car was a corvette and all that kind of stuff and that's what he liked to do so he opened up this shop i don't know how he found it because they're from woodbridge which is an hour north and he just, I don't know, somehow rolled upon this shop and bought it. And we've been there ever since. But when I got out of high school, collision work is not really my, I'm good at it now. That's what yeah. I do, but it's boring. You're putting cars back to the way they were. It's when the insurance companies don't want to pay you any money. And it's not an industry where a mom and pop place can really go anywhere it's you're pigeonholed into this little niche of customers and you're never going to make enough money to do anything. So I said, we got to do something else. And I always love custom cars and all that kind of stuff. I love trucks. And so I was like, let's start doing custom stuff. And I got out of high school. We started building custom cars and trucks. And I started doing wide body Dodge chargers and I built the first wide body 300 in the world. And I built that for a customer in Chicago. And his friend worked at a Jeep dealership at Seaview, which is five miles away. And they contacted me and said, do you want to build a Jeep for us? And let's see if we could sell it. So I was like, yeah, whatever. Like I'm cutting cars apart and putting them back together. I think I could handle building a Jeep. You know what I mean? <laughs> So I built it and they sold it within two days. And I think I, we painted everything. We made it like 
now, which is a high altitude JL or a JT, which is smooth and painted bumpers and handles and mirrors and all that. And we did that to it to make it look like more of a soccer mom type of truck because we don't really have off-road stuff here. We have the beach. It's a beach. But, man, <laughs> we have the beach. You can drive yeah. on the beach at Island Beach State Park. The- Right. There's a little bit of the Pine Barrens and Wharton State Forest where we can drive in. That's continually getting limited, but this isn't. We're not living in right. Colorado where we can just go out, leave on a Friday night, and, and drive hundreds of miles out onto BLM land and camp. You're not in, you're not in Pennsylvania <laughs> where you got Roush Creek and all that kind of stuff. But so we made a bougie version of a Jeep, and then we called it the Urban Jeep. That's mm-hmm. the that was the origin of the name, and once we started building them, we just started building more, and then we just phased out everything else except for collision. Even today, we still do collision, mm-hmm. and then we because we have thirty six years of customers, and then I have customers with Jeeps who have accidents, and they don't want to go anywhere else, so they come to me. So I get it double there, but that's where that's where it started and. And we've just been rolling ever since. So That first one that you contracted to sell that sold in 24 hours, what was that? Was it a JK? It was a JK and it was billet silver. And cool. then we did everything to it. We put 22s on it with 35s and, and I thought it looked cool. <laughs> so sold it and then I did a white one and then that sold and then I just kept rolling them. And then I got our, we started getting our own customers mm-hmm. and then it just snowballed from there. Hey, every single business, and I talk about this all the time, starts with a passion, man. And that's where your passion was, and that's why you're successful. And that's why people are sending you these Jeeps from all over the... I would say the country, but now it's the world because you're getting internationally, right? (laughs) To this, it's amazing. And our listeners have to go on Google Maps and look up Avon by the Sea, look up Urban Jeep Outfitters, because all this is happening in this quaint little quiet beach town in in New Jersey, which is is absolutely wild. On Main Street, it's a 7,000 square foot shop. It's pretty big, but it's just plopped in the middle of a place where you work out and a dentist. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> That's too funny. So let's talk about, you we, You do a lot of JLs, JTs now, obviously. That's your bread and butter. But in the past, you've done YJs, TJs. I and I, let's talk about some YJ, TJ builds you, you've done. I don't want to talk about your personal one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave that one for the last one we talk about. Um, but... Uh, off the top of your head, what wild YJ or, or TJ builds have you done? I did a TJ build for a local customer, and I've done a couple of them. I did one in Mustang. It was like a Mustang blue. I painted it. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool, and that was a nightmare when I got into it, but I like that one. But the, I did a coated one for the home builder. In, in, oh, uh, for, for Dave. Yeah, Dave, yeah. So yeah. Let's talk about Dave's TJ, because Dave drives right. that around. He loves and it. You he did- drives that thing all over the place. And listen, Dave could buy whatever he wants, but he loves that. He loves that TJ. He loves that TJ. And you did that. That's actually a fun thing to talk about. You actually trail coded that 
before trail coding was cool and now trail coding is sadly not so cool anymore is this cool yeah (laughs) it depends on you i'll put it to this i I take it from the marketing side right Right. and when you have to resell those things it's tough man it is definitely tough because you're not ripping that trail code off very easily i made a lot of money on my jt i know right but that's when that was at a time where that blue jt was insane right Right. but that was also at a time where it was very popular we've seen the world come full circle but that was the first time i actually ever saw anyone trail coat a vehicle in general let alone a, a jeep so how did you end up trail coating what did that jt start at or i'm sorry what did that tj start as and what did it end as I can't tell you what color it was. I don't mm-hmm. even know what color it was to begin with. But it was, I think it was like a bluish, like a steel blue kind of color. And then we, mm-hmm. we did the top, we color matched everything with it. But everything's coated on that truck. Nothing's painted. So he wanted that easy to take care of. Like that, you just hose it down. There's no waxing. There's no this. There's no that. And he keeps it outside and you just hose it down and that's it. It's a done deal. And I love it because I hate waxing cars. I hate cleaning them i hate it like it drives me crazy and that's why i coated my jt in that and you just hose it down i just took a power washer to it and just blew it all off and that was it it was done it looked brand new every time but that jt was pretty cool that was that jt that you trail coated that blue was insane man yeah it was like pepsi blue and then we did a bunch of a four inch lift on it 40s it was up there but it was cool Back to Dave CJ, did you do any modifications on that or just, it was just literally stripping it down to nothing and painting it, trail coating it and putting it back together piece? Yeah, just stripping it down to nothing on it. On those things, you always find something. His was no exception, but yeah, it was, it was a nice truck, but I did a YJ for a customer in deal, which was, it's just like jet black. And then we put, I don't know what, but had all the stickers running down the side, like pinstripe kind of things. Mm-hmm. And, but we just repainted it all to black, kept it stock, new wheels and tires that were stock. I like that. I thought that was pretty cool. That classic look is definitely super right. cool. And, and man, YJs are coming into their own. People, people want square headlights these days. And those things are doing numbers that I never expected, especially the Saharas and the Rio Grands, man. People are running those things up in the market right now. And they're hot. And the more original they are, the more desirable they are, too. Yeah, I had a customer come in last week, and he wants to repaint his YJ. When I don't do that, mm-hmm. I just don't do it anymore just because I have too much other work with the newer stuff mm-hmm. and it's a lot easier to do newer stuff than it is to get involved in that older stuff oh i know so, uh, how many cjs have i i begged you to paint yeah i won't do it <laughs> i don't care i'm not doing it that's a- <laughs> as soon as you pull up i'm like nah <laughs> yeah that's, i get out of the car like, nope, nope, not nope. having it no i did you actually were the first person i asked when i built that ground up cj8 scrambler you were the first person i asked because to do the body. And at the time you're like, ah, oh, there's not a lot of body work, but there's no body work. Cause it was a, a new fresh tub on a plot around customs frame, but you were like, I- I'm busy. And that, I think this, that was also around the time where words started to get around the, oh, there is a level of anonymity here. Cause you do have a lot of celebrity clients, but words started to get around the locker room of a local NFL team that this guy, Joe down in Avon by the sea is building these insane Jeeps. And then you have everybody in that locker room that wants an insane Jeep. <laughs> right. 
That's the way it goes, right? And some TRXs in there, right? TRXs, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And now we're on to Broncos, so you know, we're doing all those and to say the least, there are several urban Jeeps in a in an F- NFL local NFL parking lot. There's a couple. Yeah. Yep. And some TRXs too. There's a couple TRXs. Yes. There's a build that I absolutely love that you did. Again, it's not a classic four by four, like a YJ or a TJ, but it was one of the first custom JT builds I ever saw. And it was, and all of our listeners out there, you have to check it out. Go on Joe's social media, check it out. You built a JT and it started out, I believe as a white, Jeep Gladiator JT, like what, a 2020 or a 2021? Yeah, 2020, I believe. 2020, right? Brand new Overland edition, just stock, and you turned it into a retro scrambler. And I still see it in the city all the time. The guy lives in the city. He parks on the street in the city. Every once in a while, it'll go viral on some social media account where somebody sees this crazy Jeep parked in downtown Manhattan. But walk us through that 2020 Jeep Jeep Gladiator JT that you took from a stock Overland edition and built it into a retro scrambler. Like That thing was bonkers. Walk us through that. That was cool. And he's Jeremy. His name's Jeremy. He's from like South Africa or something. And he's got a crazy accent and all that kind of stuff. He's super happy all the time. And he just called me on the phone and he was like, I heard you do these things and I have an idea for what I want to do. And I was like, all right, hit me with it. And then he's, I want to build a Scrambler JT. And I was like, all right, cool. So he started showing me all the pictures and white one. And he wanted all the retro decals and all that kind of stuff. So then we started looking into it. And then we put on wheels that were white with orange accents on them. And yeah, yeah, two inch lift on that thing, 37s. And then it had that crazy rack in the back, crazy bumper in the back I did with some custom stuff on the side to incorporate all the stripes that came through it. And I tried to make it as close to the scrambler as possible. And then the hard top, we painted that, that like camel color Mm -hmm. that came on them. And then we matched the interior to that camel top. It's full insides, all camel color. The top's camel. He's got lights all over that thing. And it's cool. There are more LEDs and they're so tastefully done too. It's we're not talking about that. We see the memes with the 30 light bars. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I think it has probably 30 lights on it, but if they're hard, it's hard to tell that it's got them on it. And you Frenched a lot of them in, but when you're wiring that many LEDs, how are you, how do you have a centralized switching system in there? That was, that one was a pain because it has a, it has a rack, it has the big fat fours rack in the back that mm-hmm. has, I think the rack has 10 lights in it. And then it has the rack that's on the roof that has, I think it has eight lights, eight light bars on it. And then the wires have to go through the roof to keep it super clean. Mm-hmm. And it has to be disconnectable in case he wants to take it off. Take the rack off. Or yeah. the, if he wants to take the top off, uh, I can't wire it all the way to the switch. Mm-hmm. When So I have to put in all these connectors. I put them all into one. So it was just one connector that he unplugged. I tried to make it as nice and as easy as possible for him. But he's never taken that top off. I know that. 
<laughs> but in case somebody ever did down the road, I made it as, as easy as possible. But with all our wiring, it's so, we try to keep it clean. We're very particular. We're very, me and my guys are very anal about our wiring. It's got to look, it's got to look factory. Now, is there a certain brand of centralized relay and fuse or relay fused relay like switch panel that you use? That was all done off the factory switches. So we ran, I don't think it had it to begin with, but we added the factory switches in that one. And they had that, the factory switches as 40 amps, 20 mm-hmm. amps. So it's got plenty to run these LEDs, which are, they're like they're pulling half an amp days. Right, yeah. each. So it's, you can run a million of those things on a switch. So inside that truck, there's no obtrusive aftermarket panel. It's just clean factory switches. Factory wow. switch. Yeah. And everything's all tucked away. Everything's got special wraps on the wiring that look like factory. It's got that snakeskin kind of that Chinese finger trap stuff on mm-hmm. there. When everything's shrinked and everything's wrapped in Tessa tape, which is what the factory uses. So we just, I have Tessa tape I got like about 50 rolls and we just mm-hmm. like every time we, we just go through it and, but it looks factory and that's how we like it to be. Is that the first time you use the retro CJ wheels that are that I think Quadratrack makes them for the JL JT? Yeah, that was the first one, but I've done them mm-hmm. since then. Some people like that. Like I just did one from the Hamptons. I did a truck from the Hamptons. I think you mm-hmm. saw it with the white wheels on it. Yeah. Yeah. With the rack on it. I'm a big fan of white wheels. I, for I, uh, some reason, I've had Danny Powdercoat like more white for me. And right. when I talk about Danny France, who who owns a our a local coating and Dayton Customs, yeah, Dayton Customs, yeah, which is a he does all of our powder coating for us, all of our plating for us. It's an amazing operation. So you got to look him up. And uh, we got and Danny's gonna like our our shout out. But Danny always jokes with me, man. He's like, Chris, you're the only one. I do more white powder coating for you than I do for <laughs> anyone else that i think i've ever done <laughs> i had a, i think i had him powder coat all the we did the rack and white on that yeah mm-hmm. i had him do that i had to do the rack and white the t-top the, the top rack and white i think we did the bumpers or we did some other things in white that i had him powder coat i think we did a couple suspension stuff while we were doing it that i had him do white but yeah that that was pretty cool i like that build i like when people come to me with things that are different because I do the same thing every day. It's always which is JL getting lift wheels, tires. It's JT getting lift wheels, tires. When somebody comes to me with some wild stuff, I like it. Even it, you, it can't get wild enough for me. I'll do it. It doesn't matter to me. That's like awesome. I just did. I did that JL that was like all pink. I did mm-hmm. all the, the Barbie JL. Stuff. Oh yeah, I did the Barbie. I'll do. I believe was for the wife of a of an NFL player, right? Yeah. No, it was for the wife of a past customer he has a trx that i okay. built for him gotcha. and then his wife wanted this she sent me pictures of like we're painting things pink and i'm like i i had to tone that down from where it started because it was <laughs> that was, was toned down. the barbie yeah, was jeep wild. was toned down <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it was toned down from where it started <laughs> did you post any pictures of that oh your... yeah of course oh, i love that yeah yeah of course it is like, super cool that. Yeah. Like I love, and she loved it. It was like, that's, that's what she wanted. She wanted, and if you saw her, you would understand she's got red hair. She's just eccentric. She loves perfect. that kind of, fits yeah. her perfect. That's what she wanted. And 
listen, if you're paying for it, I'll do whatever you want. I'm going to, I'm going to guide you a little. I'm not going to make it look stupid, but I'll do whatever you want. I, I had this, I did, I forget, what did I do? Oh, what did I do? Oh, I did a JK. Mm-hmm. Was it a JK? Yeah, I did this JK and I did a four inch lift on it and I did white 24s. And you, you got to look that thing up. That thing was wild. And it had, it, it was wild, right? And then I pulled into the dealership <clears throat> and a local dealership. I won't uh-huh. tell who it was. Yeah. And they, the guys in the back were like harassing me. I can't believe you built that. You should be ashamed of yourself. They listen. I was like, listen, I'm going to tell you right now. They, they put more money into it than you make in a year. So, <laughs> and I don't even, I don't, if that's what the customer wants, that's what I'm here for. I don't, yeah. I'm not going to go. No, like, yeah. like I Why do would you say the, no. Of course I'm here to make them happy. That's what I'm here to do. And I'm also of the thought process where it's your build, it's your money, whatever you want that, that when you open up that garage door in the morning or you walk out into your driveway in the morning and put your smile, a smile on your face, that's what matters. What other people think doesn't matter. Like I don't buy, I don't buy into that. Cheap people are tough. Like we talk about that community all the time. You shouldn't, Oh, like you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. Listen, it's your money. Do whatever you want. What are you worrying about what other people think? I don't. The most important thing is having the right person build it and build it right. And, right. and that that is there. And that's something that you and your father and your mother do is you bring it to a whole nother level, which is amazing. Right. Um, if you have a request, uh, I don't know. I put an iPad in the dash of one one time. I've done just ridiculous things that you wouldn't even think of. I love that because it's fun. It's different and allows me to do different things. Then listen, you're going to get the same amount of attention from me. It doesn't matter if you're putting lights in your JL or you're doing a $50,000 build. It doesn't matter to me. You're getting the same amount of attention. But I like when people do, like I just had a guy with a Bronco. We're doing this wild Bronco build. He's spending tons of money. But he's just like, make me the coolest Bronco you can think of. And I was like, all right, cool. I like that. I like when somebody just gives me car block to do whatever I want. And, but that's, that's fun. And if you want to, as long as they like it in the end, if they're like, if they should, if you roll it out and they're like, oh, I'm not really into that. It's sorry. You told me what I got to do. And, <laughs> and here's my bill, by the way. <laughs> Listen, if the money's green, I'll paint it pink. It don't matter what it is. It's you literally it. have painted them pink. You built a, you built a JL Barbie Jeep, which is amazing, which is a cool build. Yeah. But I, I also just did a, I did a 392 in purple. Oh, that's cool. I forgot about that. You know, I don't, yeah. <laughs> Forgot, yeah, because I wasn't here to take the final pictures for that thing, so it's not even like really mm-hmm. floating around. But that was from upstate New York, and they sent the truck to me, and she wanted purple. And at first, we were going like purple rain, which mm-hmm. comes on the new ones, but she didn't want purple rain because you could just yeah. go buy one in purple rain. So she actually sent me. <laughs> first, this is how wild people are. First of all, she first she sent me a like a pot holder, like where you yeah. don't burn your hands, yeah, yeah. like the rubber. So, she, yeah. So she sent me a pot holder to match. Like that's the color she wanted. The truck was a pot holder. And I was like, All right. so I just started like mixing up colors and then we sent them a bunch of colors and then she sent me a sweatshirt. Yeah. Cause you could just throw the paint camera right on a sweatshirt. Right? Yeah, that's easy. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, 
we had the paint company come down and we scanned this shirt and we came up with colors and I matched a 392 Wrangler to a sweatshirt. That's awesome. That is super cool. I love to hear <laughs> stuff like that. The other thing we got to talk about too is how you guys are manufacturing the gladiator badges for the tailgates of the JTs. Cause I think that is super cool. Like where did that come from? We built a gladiator to mm-hmm. sell and at the time there was another company who made a a badge kit for the rear that just said gladiator and it was one piece and we wanted to add because the truck was gray and black and mm-hmm. red so we wanted a gray badge with some red trim on it and we had a laser mm-hmm. here at my house because my wife started her etsy business with the laser and she's really smart And she was like, yeah, I could do that. So we just started. It took us forever to to make it because you got to make it's two piece layer, right? Comes with it. Each letters, two Mm -hmm. pieces that fit within themselves comes with a a cardboard template, a thin cardboard template. So we had to design all that stuff to work. And then we made it for our first one. And people are like, yeah, that's pretty cool. I've never seen a gladiator badge that's two piece where you could pick a different trim and a different center. So we just started making them. And my wife was, she's the, obviously she's very intelligent. I'm pretty stupid. (laughs) She's good at designing that kind of stuff. And so now she's, I have a two gigantic lasers in my garage and I have a laser sitting over here, the little one that we started on, but I have one in the garage. It's like half the size of a car. And, but my wife, she's, she don't do it. She, Uh I do it. Because she's, she has her own, she has her own Etsy business and she's, she's top 1% in the world on Etsy and she's extremely successful with that. So she has no time to do Mm -hmm. this anymore. And so I had to learn how to manufacture these and I do it. So Joe, your, your wife has the Etsy business. You're building these gladiator tailgate two piece badges, which are super cool. And for our listeners to, to really visualize this and understand this, when you buy a brand new or used Jeep gladiator JT, which is for most of you do know, which is the the pickup truck version of the Wrangler, on the back tailgate, it has a Jeep emblem, right? It just says Jeep on it in in those four letters. And you guys built a package that actually says the word gladiator, but it it can be customized so that it's two pieces to accommodate two core accent colors within it. That is pretty cool that you did that. And I've seen these kits before. I've seen you put these kits together. They come with everything instructions on how to remove the jeep the original jeep badge put the new gladiator badge on and i think it comes it even comes with like fishing line right yeah it comes with monofilament to take it off 80 pound monofilament to take it off comes with everything soup to nuts to do it yeah it was cool she did listen i'll give her all the credit she designed it and she just got too busy so i had to do it and i do them i wake up at five o'clock in the morning and i make gladiator badges and ship them all over the world. I ship them to Saudi Arabia, I ship them to Australia, I ship them England, Japan. I've, I think I've hit most countries with them. And it's cool. I think that's pretty cool that somebody could just, I came up with a dumb idea and then somebody in Saudi Arabia buys it. I think that's pretty cool. It's not so dumb if people in Saudi Arabia are buying it, right? <laughs> but we don't, yeah, but we don't, we don't sub it out to anybody else. We yeah. do it. So that's one of the the key things about us is 
we're family. When you call the shop, nobody answers the phone but my mom. She's been doing it for 36 years. God could call that phone and nobody else is going to pick it up. So when you call, you talk to an owner. When you order a Gladiator badge, we put it together and we ship it out. We don't sub anything out. When a car gets painted, my dad paints it. He's getting a little older. He doesn't really want to do too much of that anymore. That's why we're trying to steer a little bit away from painting and doing like motor swaps and all that kind of stuff because it's, it's a lot of, of work when you start painting cars and especially in the summer when it's 100 degrees and you got to walk into a 120 degree booth. It's tough. So for all our listeners out there, if they're interested in the JT Tailgate Gladiator badge, how do they buy it? You just go on urbangoutfitters.com and you'll click the link that says Gladiator Letters and it'll take you to a page where you can buy Mojave matching where it has the orange on the widow and the middle is painted. We actually Mm -hmm. paint the middle of the letters and then ship them out. So you're not getting like something that's close. It's like super close. We, We color match that we do all that and paint everything you get rubicon matching which is the red on the outside with the painted center Mm -hmm. and then you can go wild i just shipped that one that was pastel pink outlined with a hot pink center so you could just get you can get crazy with it so there's you're doing a lot of pink jeep stuff recently yeah man there's maybe there's a whole nother business in there so i got shot down but i wanted to build a barbie jeep like straight Barbie, pink. Like legit, like a copy of what the OG Barbie Jeep was. Not the one that we talked about earlier that you did for the, right. the client. Like a, oh, like a OG Barbie Jeep. So that was, but that was shot down by the higher ups there. It would have been pretty timely though, because it was the top movie of the year. It was, you had to do it pretty quick though. Yeah. But everybody likes Barbie Jeep. But in the Barbie movie, I'm sure you saw it, Chris. In the bar, yes. yes, you did. I actually I, have not. You have I, not. I have not. No. Yeah, right. I, I will say uh, I, no, and I'll tell you. I'll tell you where that comes from. My wife uh, is not the biggest fan of going to a movie theater, okay. so I will. I'll end up seeing it once it comes out on demand. There's no question. I agree. With it you. was a uh, Barbie had a Jeep. That was it. Mm-hmm. And when you go and wait to go see the movie, Barbie has a Hummer now because it's sponsored by GM. That's not right. You know what I mean? It's, you got it. Barbie's got a Jeep. So I wanted to build a Barbie Jeep that was super true Barbie, pink interior. I wanted to go wild on it, but I got shot down on it. But if somebody's out there who wants one, I will build it. I have no shame. I'll build it. Anyway. That's awesome, man. <laughs> it, it do a great job doing it. But let's yeah. when we wrap up talking about builds here, let's talk about the TJ build. So you built years ago a TJ for yourself that was absolutely insane, right? I think the body had like right. over 200,000 miles on it. But the only thing that was really original from that original TJ, because you did a frame off custom build on a TJ, which... For anybody else out there, it wouldn't make sense. There's nobody else out there that could do a custom build TJ and it make any type of financial or economic sense. You fortunately have the ability to have all the resources, your own labor, your own know-how to do that. And the buyer, you actually, we'll talk about that. You recently sold that. The buyer, if they were to build that Jeep, it would have not even come anywhere close. You sold it for good money come close to if somebody contract exactly right but you have the ability to and the resources to to build something like that so talk about the bill how did that tj start and where did it end 
my wife again. She wanted it for some reason. Mm-hmm. She wanted a TJ, and I don't know. She thinks she thought she was thought it was cute or something. This little Jeep. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right. So we went out and bought one, and I started doing. I don't even know what I was going to do to it. I was just going to do a couple things to it. I think I was going to put some fenders on it, put some wheels and tires on it, put an interior, and that was it. And then I took the fenders off, and they had rust. And I was like, oh, I can't leave that. And then I pulled the body off. <laughs> I was just going to do an interior like, and some fenders well, yeah. and tires. Well, and then I pulled the body off. <laughs> I got the fenders off. That's, you might as well just pull the body. It's only six more bolts. You might as well pull the body at that point. And then I was like, I had the bare frame there. And I was like, well, I might as well paint the frame while I'm at it. And, and then, yeah, that was, that was a whole deal. It took me a year and a half. I pulled the motor out and I, I powder coated, had the frame powder coated and everything was brand new, putting it back together, new suspension, factory, but new. The suspension was painted to the color of the truck. The motor was painted to the color of the truck. It was like, I don't know when to stop. That's the problem. It's all stainless steel brake lines and it was Beautiful. I had a beautiful interior in it and custom match roll bars. And it was nice. It was painted in 2012. Chief came out with a color, Winter Chill, which they haven't come back with yet. And it was a one year color and it's a beautiful blue. So I was like, oh, she liked that color. So we painted it that with a nice camel interior. And then that was it. And then a year later, I blew the motor. I put a piston right through the block. So we put a brand new motor in it. So the, the truck's got 175,000 miles on it, but the only thing that has that is the axles themselves, which are painted. and The frame the, and the, the body, trans. right? That's it. Yeah. And I love that. I love how you kept it classic, too. You didn't lift it through the sky. You didn't do anything crazy. You kept it classic. You kept it as original as possible, but there were all these little... Easter eggs all over it where yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what really impressed me the most about that. Like I shaved the lights. I shaved the lights in the fenders. I shaved everything on the hood. I put JL tail lights in it. I shaved the gate and then I put a CJ seven fold down gate on it. And I made it like you looked at it and you were like, what the hell is that mm-hmm. thing? And that I had some guy come up to me and he goes, is that the new 2021? And I was like, no, it's a 2001. <laughs> so that's the best compliment you could have gotten, though. Yeah, I, I love messing with people with that thing. But that's like, it's a, uh, and literally my wife drove it like three mm-hmm. times. The whole time she drove it like three times. And I would drive it back and forth to work, just cruise the beach with it. Yeah, but that was, that was fun. But now her business, she took over my garage. So I have nowhere to put it. And I can't keep it at the shop because the old man yells mm-hmm. at me because it's got no doors, no top. Every time it rains, I got to bring it in and he's yelling at me. And and actually, we, so we have a funny story. You're the reason that I ended up selling the one that I said I would never sell, which is in my collection, which is the 1981 Omaha RN CJ7, right? You're actually, you right. were the impetus for that. And we should tell the story because it's a funny story. So you had reached out to me in what? 
it was like May of this year, May or June of this year, I think at some point, and you had said, hey, yeah, hey yeah. man, you knew that I was marketing and doing sales advisory and representing the sale of classic custom modified trucks, which I've recently, uh, I've been doing for many years. I actually have done for several listeners. I did it with classic.com for for a while. And now I've been out on my own and, and really expanded the classic 4x4 brand beyond just the podcast to do classic custom modified trucks marketing and, and sales advisory, where basically I sell your truck for you. I handle every aspect of the sale from start to finish. So you knew this, you saw that I was, I was repping a few trucks out there and you reached out to me and said, Hey man, will you help me sell my truck? And I said, yeah, of course. And we actually worked out a pretty cool barter where you were going to do some work on my J10 for me. I was going to handle the, the sale of your truck. And the first step is the preparation, right? Preparation is the most important part of selling a vehicle, a classic cost modified or any vehicle in general out into the market. And the first thing I did was I called my local photographer and I scheduled him to come and, and have you, or I was going to pick your truck up, your, your J, your TJ, and uh, we were going to go have it photoed. And two days before you called me and you're like, Hey man, I got to do a couple things. I want this thing to be perfect. Whoever buys it. I, I have very high expectations. I need to do a couple things can you hold off on doing the, the photography? And I said, yeah, no problem. And I already had the appointment. I didn't want to cancel on the photographer. So I said, you know what? I'm going to have him go. I'm going to have him go. And we're going to go up to Asbury. And it was actually the day that the Canadian wildfires li- literally took over the New York metro region in early yeah, June, yeah, yeah. which makes for great pictures absolute horrible situation for humanity but hey that's a different i had amazing right. pictures of my cj7 i had i had a, i had the photographer it's like apocalyptic yeah, it was crazy and if you look at those pictures it was right. insane yeah, yeah, right? yeah. but i had morgan downs my my trusty local photographer who actually is a that was the first truck he had ever done he's a surf photographer yeah oh, my yeah? Trade, he's a delmar <laughs> surf kid and he, he'll be busy oh this week, man uh, but he's a surf photographer he does weddings he does different events but i had him i said hey man will you photo this truck and you canceled. I did the CJ seven. I had this great photo set of hundreds of amazing digital images. And I was like, you know what? You know what? Let me do this. I'll just throw it out into the market. Let me throw it out into the market, see what happens. Help out my friends at 4B, get get a cool auction. And next thing you know, bam, it went through a 10 day auction and it sold for an absolutely amazing number. And I, I, at that point I was committed to sell it. Right. So to all our listeners out there, Joe from urban Jeeps is the reason that I sold the truck that I said I would never sell. (laughs) I I wanted to do some things at a truck and it's Monday and my turnaround it's Friday already when it's hard to work on your own stuff. What's the saying? The shoemakers kids always go without shoes or something. That's us. We're just, I just never be able to work on it. You have customer work. Customers come first over your own stuff. Yeah, I get they it. do. But, yeah, right. uh, but you ended up postponing it. And then I got busy throughout the summer, which is code for I was traveling and fishing a lot. And All then right. you said, you know what? I'm just going to throw it out with sign and, and talk us about your... And I think this is a real thing out there. And a lot of people real forget that it's very easy to buy a truck. It's a lot of fun to buy a truck. It's exciting, but selling it is not fun. So walk through your process. I hate <laughs> Walk through stuff. that process because it, it took you alone. What? You just sold it, what, last week? Last week? So it took yeah, you what, yeah. over four months 
to actually sell it yeah, on yeah. your own without um, any help. Everyone wants to buy it until it's for sale. Yeah, I'll give you 30 grand for it. I'll give you this. I'll give you that. And then it's for sale. And they're like, oh, yeah, let me talk to the wife. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, okay. But it, it's so, funny you say that. And I agree with you is everybody wants to buy it until it's time to sell it. And then they have to write a check and nobody wants to write the check. And I agree with that. And you deal with a million looky-loos from every yeah, yeah, marketplace and platform out there, classified listing site where you deal with that. And that's the advantage of what I do is as representing vehicles for or classic modified and, and custom trucks for sale is I handle all that from start to finish. The preparation, Right. The the prep the valuation the preparation the strategy going to market managing all the listings executing the sale and then handling all the post sale right because once it's sold you still have to get paid there's transportation there's documentation yeah yeah, yeah right and right. that. That, that expertise, it, there's value in that expertise. And I love doing it. I just love, absolutely love doing it. But you did it on your own. But you're retired. You yeah. might as well do something. <laughs> Not, I keep myself busy to say the least. But so it's <laughs> yeah, hot fishing and we're doing, you know, we're doing all sorts of stuff. So it took you four months to sell that thing on your own. And I'm sure you dealt with a bunch of looky-loos and insane people. I, I could have sold it two days mm-hmm. after. The guy came, looked at it. He wanted to wire me the money, but it just just wasn't yeah. enough. And he was playing games with me. And oh yeah, let me know and let me see if I could. First of all, he rolled up to the shop in like a Panamera, mm-hmm. and then he's it was the truck was for his beach house in Ocean mm-hmm. City. Okay, and then he's let me see if I can like scrape the funds <laughs> to go. I was like, yeah, yeah okay, whatever. Yeah, don't like, play this on. game. You want it or not? You know? <laughs> yeah, right. You want it? Yeah. So I was like, yeah, whatever. I'll let you. And then I was like, after that, you get a couple people here and there. But uh, yeah, I sold it to a customer in town. He lives in town and uh, we drove by it. I have, I stick it out there. I got to stick it outside during the day because I have to bring in customer cars and main street's pretty busy there. And I just stuck it outside with a for sale sign on it. And uh, he came and we talked about it and all this. And then he showed up one day and I thought he was going to like serious and all that kind of stuff. And he came in and he shook my hand. He said, listen, I appreciate it. Good luck with the sale and all that. And I wish it had a fifth wheel on the back and a couple things here and there, but I appreciate it. And let me know how it goes. You know, I, you know, thanks. And I was like, I ain't letting this <laughs> go. You know what I mean? So After I, four months, right? <laughs> four months of you trying to sell this thing on your own. And the, the problem is I got to sell it because uh, I don't want to store it. Nobody's going to buy that thing in the uh-huh. winter time. I have, then I have to store it all winter and then I have to start again in the spring. And then I don't want to do that. I just want to, I just want to be gone with it. I texted him like, like a day later, I was like, Hey, I found the fifth wheel for it. And I could put a bumper on there for you for nothing. And let me work that in the deal and all that. And then he came back the next day and he gave me a deposit. I told you, I said, let me try to reel this guy <laughs> back in here. And then uh, if, if it doesn't work out, like, I'm just going to give it to you. Cause I'm just, I'm not doing it. Yeah. I'm not doing it. So either. after four months so. of those trials and tribulations, and, and you're somebody that's in the business that, that builds custom, custom four wheel drives and trucks. Do you see the value now in, in having somebody with expertise execute the sale of your truck? Yeah, yeah. no doubt. That's, that's a hard, people don't realize they think they're just going to oh put it out there. And a guy walks up with cash, gives it to you and takes it. It's never that easy. You might have a deal. It definitely ain't happening to me. <laughs> but it did. You found that ne- you found the needle in the haystack. That is a local buyer in town is a very needle in the haystack. He was, he's a little bit older. He's retired and he just wants to cruise around town in it. And he's going to keep it in the garage. 
I'm not going to drive it in the winter, all that kind of stuff. I felt it was going, I put a lot of work into that truck and I wanted to somebody like, not like go take it the off-road the mm-hmm. next day. You know what I mean? It's, I don't really, I got paid. I don't really care, but I would like to see it do what I did with it, which was I cruised around. I'd go to the beach. You enjoyed it with your family. You know, I enjoyed it. So I, and I knew he was going to enjoy it like that. So I wanted to sell it to him and it's going to be in town. So I'll see it. It was, that's a selling things is we tried to sell that JL that we painted Porsche Miami blue. First off, I love that color. People hate on that color. I absolutely, I love Miami, Porsche Miami blue. They didn't, it, he, the old man didn't help putting a white interior in it. You know what I mean? It was like, makes it even better. Come on. You took a, you want to talk about getting hammered. You took a, yeah. you took a Jeep. And you put a white interior in it. And uh, that was, I was like, well, whatever. Listen, that's, I'll be able to give you a hard time about your decision. You know how we are at the shop. It's a lot of, of banter back and forth and all that kind of stuff. But that took you guys a while to sell. And that, that took us a while. was a beautiful, absolutely beautiful Jeep. It took us almost a year to sell that truck. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, yeah, we sold the first one. We repped it at a local dealer and we sold it in two hours. We painted it that Tiffany blue with a camel interior. That woman actually still drives it around. She's local too. I see her yeah, all the she's time. Local. She yeah. lives in uh, yeah. Spring Lake. She loves that thing. And then the woman who bought, first of all, you know, a lot of my customers are women. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of them. Like I would say 60% are women. I'm not surprised at all, actually. No, and it's what helps is you call the shop and Lori answers the phone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not like you're walking into a shop where it's like a bunch of grease heads and they're all dirty. And it's you call the shop, it's Lori. You walk into the shop, it's Lori. But the woman who bought the Porsche Miami one, we had it at, at the Porsche dealer. And wow. it was sitting next to a 911 in Porsche mm-hmm. Miami blue. And But the problem with Porsche is they're not allowed to really advertise that something like that is for sale. So it's, it just sits there, but it's like somebody had to trip over it. You got to have to trip over and ask and mm-hmm. say, Hey, what's this thing doing here in the same color? You know what I mean? So she saw it at Porsche and then I put it at Porsche for about a month and then I took it back because it just, you can't really sell anything without a for sale sign on it yeah. and without them even repping it. And then I guess she drove past the Porsche place and it was gone. And mm-hmm. she was like, Oh, that's it. You know what I mean? It's like somebody bought it and her husband went to the plumbing place across the street from the shop, Uh which he never goes to. Mm -hmm. And he pulled up and he was like, is this the same Jeep that was at the Porsche dealership? We're like, yeah. So he called his wife and she's freaking out on the phone. She's like, oh my God, I can't believe it. This must be like fate, all this kind of stuff. And uh, she came down, looked at it and uh, she bought it. And she, she loves it. She, I, I was, she was in there yesterday. I was putting rhinestone uh, license plate covers on it because her new plates came in. Awesome. Love that. I love to hear that, man. That, that is super cool. She loves that thing. Like absolutely loves it she's this thing gets so much attention this and that and that's what i love i love when people i i love miami blue and i'll tell you i have a story the first time i ever saw porsche miami blue was a good friend of mine custom ordered a 911 gt3 rs in porsche miami blue with the white decal package and the, and the white interior, right? Yeah, and, you got some fancy friends. <laughs> and, I gotta tell you, so he, and I will tell you, he took so much flack from our other buddies about it. And they actually started calling him. I, I won't say it on air because it's not very nice. And But they started calling him a, a derogatory term 
for Papa Smurf. Right. Okay. I'll put it to you that way. Right. <laughs> and he finally actually, and I used to say to my buddies, I'd say, be like, guys, do you realize like his, he built this, he loves this. And outside of the money that he spent on it, like why you got to bust his chops about it? Like he loves it. That's all that matters. Right. But when all your butt, it's all yeah, guys, yeah, yeah. right. They're all yeah, going to yeah, mess oh, with each you're other. Getting, you're getting hammered. Yeah, yeah. And then finally one night, and he's a very mild manner guy, which is Weird, because a guy that drives a GT3 RS in Miami Blue is usually not very mild-mannered, no, but he's a very modest. <laughs> yeah, he's a very modest, mild-mannered guy, and he'll never throw back at everybody. One night, we were sitting around a fire pit, and we were having some cocktails, and a couple of my buddies just drilled into him, and they started. And I finally set up. I was like, God, let's be real for a second, right? You're drilling into him. It's getting a little aggressive. That car is more cost more than the down payment than all of you put down on your house yeah, right. combined. Okay. <laughs> right. So yeah, give him some, some respect. respect. Yeah. Show some respect. Show all right. Respect. Outside of the fact that he loves it, show some respect. And from that day forward, none of our other buddies ever busted his chops ever once. Right. And he still thanks me to this day. All He's right. gotten rid of the car. He's driving a McLaren now, which I feel like that's like the new thing, right? Everybody drives McLaren. Oh, our buddy Danny France is driving a McLaren, right? Yeah. My buddy, uh, Irv's got a McLaren, you know, they all oh, got our, our friend, Mike, uh, who owns, um, who owns, uh, the detail shop. Uh, why am I, why did I just blank on the name? Evolution Auto Spot. He's getting rid of his turbo for a McLaren. I feel like that's the new hot car. But Danny France said something to me once about that McLaren, which I thought was hysterical. He said, you know what? Because he had an R8 beforehand. Yeah, well, that's a POS. (laughs) But he had an R8. He got rid of his R8 for that McLaren. And he said to me, he goes, man, he goes, you know what bought this? I was like, what? He goes, powder coating black wheels. (laughs) Oh, yeah, sure. I know he goes, there was, and people still do it, but there was like a good decade where that was super cool. It's not that cool anymore, but it was a trend and man, it it bought him a beautiful McLaren and it is a gorgeous truck. He's cool. I just dropped off 392 wheels to him yesterday that he's doing for me. He's doing like these Boston wheels and the customer who has a McLaren, he Mm -hmm. ordered the Boston wheels in silver and then he didn't like them when they came in silver. So now he's getting them like this cool bronzy color so danny's gonna do him in that but i like danny danny's cool you know that's cool danny's young he's he's motivated he's getting out there so i like him he's a good dude yeah man so everybody out there gotta if you ever need any powder coating or plating done chrome plating any type of plating i gotta call our buddy danny france at yeah and i'm sending him the bill for this uh shout out so yeah <laughs> he's gonna be our newest sponsor on the classic four by four there you go <laughs> but uh call our, our friend danny france at, at dayton customs we have a good crew here uh, of jersey shore younger more vibrant jersey shore car and truck enthusiasts me you danny france mike delessandro who owns Evolution Auto Spa, which does all of our detailing for our group of friends. It's very, I will say, we'll end on this. I'm very thankful to have such a great crew of buddies, but that are also enthusiasts that share the same the same love. And we all have this amazing passion for, for cars and trucks. And hey, you're one of those. So I, and I definitely appreciate your time today too, Joe. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate being here. Dude, thank you so much for your time, your participation, and thank you for telling our listeners all about those unique builds and especially those Barbie Jeeps, man. There you go. Send me them. I'll build them. All right, buddy. Have a good day, bud. (laughs) All right, man. Rock on. 
That was a fun conversation with Joe Fatterosi from Urban Jeep Outfitters. I'm, I'm very excited to not only call him a, and consider him a friend, but I do get the benefit of, of seeing him and, and talking to him on, on a weekly basis. So I enjoyed speaking with him this afternoon and their builds are absolutely insane. If you have a, a Jeep or any type of Mopar product, a TRX, whatever it is that you want to build out, that is a modern JK, JL, JT, make sure you look them up, take them into consideration, reach out to them, check them out. But stay tuned for our next episode where we talk about a topic that is near and dear to my heart and something I actually enjoy doing, something that we've expanded the classic 4x4 brand into, which is how to sell your classic custom and modified truck in 4x4. Stay tuned.